So the, the piece of, of, uh, of Mishnah and Gemara that we deal with today is, is, is quite big and, and, con- and, and complex and, and fascinating, so we're not going to have a chance in, in our short session to go, uh, to go into a lot of detail. It's really the concept that I want to just touch on, and, uh, because it's such, a, it's, a, it's such a beautiful idea. Um, the Mishnah says, we have the Mishnah at the bottom of Gimel Amad Beis, um, and it, it, it's to do with gifts from uh, from Kutim. The Kutim were the group of people that the king of Ashur sent into into uh, Israel, uh, and then Hashem sent wild animals and it terrorized them, and they converted to, to to Judaism out of fear. So it's not a real sincere confusion, and there's an interesting halachic and sociological relationship between the Kutim and us. And it's not just of historic significance, we also learn various um, principles from there about relating to different types of, of, of nations and individuals. And the Mishnah says at the end, Zeaklal, um, this is the, the principle, Kol shenidar v'nidav mekablim miyadan, any korban which can be given by a Jew as a nadova, as a voluntary korban, not an obligatory one, if a non-Jew brings it as a, as a donation or a kuti, we accept it. Anything which is not a part of a, a, a korban that one would bring as a, as a voluntary donation or a voluntary giving, that we don't take. And then the, the Mishnah says, strangely, Ezra. And that is also clear in a posuk from Ezra. So there's a piece of, of Ezra in, in the fourth uh, parak, um, where the Kutim come and they suggest that they will participate in the building of the Beis HaMikdash. And the heads of Israel answered the Kutim, It's not for us together to build the Beis HaMikdash. Because only the Jewish people together are going to build this Beis HaMikdash. King Koresh of Paras instructed us to do, so they blame it on Koresh, but they, this is, we're going to do this on, on our own. And this principle of lo lachem v'lanu in the building of the Beis HaMikdash and in the management of the Beis HaMikdash is a principle that we see in Halacha many, many times. And, and what it touches on, if we look at the, um, uh, the Malbim on the Pesach and the various Mephoshim on the Gemara, this, well, let, let's just go into the Gemara. The Gemara then brings um, a Machlekes on Daftala Damaladef in the beginning, we don't bring them, we don't accept specific donations and no non-specific donations. Later on, at the end, we accept general donations but not specific ones. And there's a lot of discussion as to what Bitchila means and what Pasof. This Gemara appears in Erchin on Dafvova Mudalef. So fortunately, we've got Rashi on it and so on. Bitchila, Bitchilat Habinyan in Mekablin de Shema Lerifyon Yadaim Mitkavnim. We don't take from them when we're starting the binyan, when we're starting the building, in case their intention is to integrate into our teams of builders and they will weaken us, because that was their intention. When it's just donating for maintenance, where there's no longer the fear of they're trying to weaken us, means something which you can point to, something physical. 
And Rashi says, It's not nice that it should be donated by other people other than ourselves, and they can take pride in it, and we don't want that necessarily. Uh, the Malbim on the Posuk in Ezra gives some of the reasoning and says that the intention was to, to weaken the B'nai Yisrael, to weaken their attempts, to weaken their efforts, um, and they thought at the end they, they, these Kutim felt they believe in Hashem, so they believe in other forces as, forces as well, but they believe in Hashem as the chief God. So they could build the way of Mikdash because we would be okay with that. But we're not okay with that. Then we've got Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish in the Gemara. It says, "Ben did chila ben besof ein mekablimim lo davar mesuim belo davar sheni mesuim." Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish says, "There's nothing, not the beginning, not in the end, not the, not a specific, not a general. Can't, we we don't accept any any from them." Uh, just a, a couple. Of, so I just want to give you a, a sense of of some of what's going on here. It would be beautiful to be able to spend spend time as part of the frustration. There's a lot of joy in this year and there's a lot of frustration. Like after 15 minutes, we're just touching on it. We should now spend an hour on it and really get and really get into it and we don't have the time to do that. But the um, the idea that, that I just want to touch on firstly is um, one, of, one of the reasons that is brought uh, is that we're worried that they're going to withdraw it afterwards. That they're going to say they want it back. Uh, and, and what that's about is just understanding the difference between, and I use this idea in business very often, clarifying the difference between a partnership and an alliance. An alliance, people get into an alliance because of a common enemy. They get into an alliance for expedience. It would be better, let's, let's do this together rather than individually. We're stronger together than individually. A partnership is you're bound by common values. You're doing it for a common purpose. And it's very important in a business relationship, in a political relationship, in a friendship. It's always important. Is this an alliance or is this a partnership? Because the klolim are different. The way you manage it, the way you operate it, everything is different. When the kutim want to join us in building the Beis Hamikdash, we're concerned this is an alliance, this is not a partnership. There's some reason for which they want to do it. So, According to some of the Mephoshim, it's a very cynical reason. They actually want to weaken us. Uh, they want to distract us. And according to the Gemara says that in Erechen also we see that. And the, according to others, it's um, that they uh, uh, they might afterwards, we, we, the concern is they'll afterwards withdraw it. Because in an alliance, when the comments like with all these parties trying to get together now with after the elections, they're not talking about partnerships. They're talking about alliances. Do, if they didn't have to, they wouldn't do it. There's no desire to do it, to get together. They might just have to get together because there's no other way. The problem with an alliance is as soon as there's another opportunity, you break the alliance and you do something different. It's never secure. Uh, whereas a partnership is by common values. That's, a, that, that's, that's different altogether. And the base of Mikdash has to be built by a partnership of Jewish people who are doing it all for the same reason, all for the same purpose, uh, not to have people involved in it that are not there, because that weakens the Beis HaMikdash. It weakens not only the teams who are building the Beis HaMikdash, it actually weakens the Beis HaMikdash. And there are two stories that, that, that I was, was party to that are just so interesting and give you a sense of this even in our time. The Rambam says that for a Beis HaMikdash, this does, for a Beis HaKnesis, this doesn't apply. The Rambam says in in Hechos Matnas Aniim, Aval Beit Hakneset Mekablim Mehin Lechatchila, but for a Beit Hakneset, for a shul, you can certainly be accept from people. There are more in Yerodea Simen Reishin and Dalitziv Beis says Aval Lo Min Amuma. Yes, you can take it from non-Jews, but not from Jewish people or Mumori who don't believe in it. That we shouldn't take it from. The Shachs is not so clear. The Shach and the Tase not so clear. That's for for when they're giving gifts as as. As korbanos, and they don't believe in korbanot. 
But if they want to give money to a shul, we'll, we'll take even from a mumar. Be that as may, all we have time to go into is just the fact that we're, that we're selective about donations. That's what's important here. That we can say no to a donation. And that two, two examples that I want to give you. The one was when I was in Yeshiva in Kfar Hasidim, they were building the, the new building. The Yeshiva was in little huts with leaky roofs at that time. They were prefabs. The, the boys slept in the prefabs. That's where we slept. The Beis Medrash was in a prefab. Rebellia Lopian's house was one of these prefabs. The famous story was Rebellia feeding the cat. That's outside a little tzrif. They were tzrifim. It was terrible conditions. Wonderful, a wonderful spirit, a wonderful atmosphere, incredible Torah being learned, but it was very difficult physically. Finally, um, uh, Isaac Wilson gave money to build a beautiful Beis Medrash, and Nesher, the cement factory that you could see from the yeshiva, donated all the cement that would be needed for the, for the Beis Medrash, so they could go ahead, they now had enough, to finally build a Beis Medrash, a proper Beis Medrash, a proper yeshiva, with a bit of all the, everything that goes with it. And Rebellia said no to the Rebellia Lopian said no to Nesha. We're not taking the cement. Because Nesha is open on Shabbos. They can't close down the furnaces. The reason they give it takes them days to restart the furnaces. So they keep going. And he said to get a donation from them, that's one thing. But to build the fabric of the Beis Hamedrash from cement that has been produced on Shabbos, and that's in that that's inside the Beis Hamedrash. He just saw, he could see that it would be like using cement with, with a fault in it. Like an engineer would look at this and say, we can't touch the cement. It doesn't matter if it's free. You can't build with the cement. To rebellion, this was as real. You can't build with the cement that's been built on Shabbos. That's what it was to him. It was physically, he could see it, he could feel it. And so they went another few years without, without the base of Medrash until they raised enough money to be able to do that. The other example was Whenever I went to see Rebmeir Soloveitchik, I used to take a donation, whatever I could manage or raise from people, for his color. Because I knew the time he gave me, which I treasured, was all for me. It was not, he wasn't getting a whole lot out of it. And it was very selfish time. And I wanted to make sure that he also gets something out of it. And, and he, used to, he used to love that. Well, the amount of money was very small, but he used to love the fact that I never came without giving him something, so there was a bit of a reciprocal relationship, and he commented about it many times. Now, one of the beautiful things of it, which expressed itself one particular time, somebody gave me a check, a business associate of mine gave me a check, said, please give it to somebody you have a relationship with, and somebody you know, and it'll be used for Torah, and uh, so I said, I know exactly who I'll give it to, so I came to the Mayor Soloveitchik one day, I said, I gave him the check, and before he even looked at the check, he, I said, it's not from me, it's from an individual. He cross-examined me. Who is this person? Do I know the person well? Are they honest in business? Is there any chance that this money could have come from a deal that wasn't 100% honest? Is there any chance that there are halachas in Chosh and Mishpat that they're not keeping? Um, are, they, are they nice people? Or are they, do they believe in the Rabbanishim? Do they believe in the Torah? Uh, he asked me, I said, they're not Shomri Shabbos. They're Shomri Mitzvahs generally, but not Shomri Shabbos. But their business is not open on Shabbos. And so this money wasn't made on Shabbos. And after a lot of cross-examination, he accepted the money. And I thought to myself in that moment, and with the mayor, everything was so emis, everything was so true. Uh, this was not a strategy, but I thought if it was a strategy, it's a brilliant strategy. Because where do you get a situation where the donor feels the sense of huge relief when the recipient receives you normally you'd say if the recipient would say no thank you it's okay fine but but not this time you, you he creates a situation where you feel as if you've passed an unbelievable exam afterwards and you feel relief 
and he receives the, the money, and he wouldn't have taken had he not been 100% sure. And then he said, I'm taking it, I don't know these people, I'm taking it on your, on your word, that this is kosher money. I said, it's okay, I give it a hedge. Then, then I'll take it. But he wouldn't have taken it without that. And he opened it up, and his face lit up as he saw the amount was a very strange amount. It wasn't a round number. I don't even remember why that was. It was a very, a very strange number. He looked at it, and his face burst into a smile. And he said, you won't believe it. He said, I've got to pay the kolo today. I've got a lot of young, young men supporting families who are depending on a check today. He said, I don't have enough money today. I've got to give the money today. The amount I'm short of is this amount to the dollar. He said, this, I did a cheshman, I worked it out this morning, how much am I short of? This was the number I was short of, exactly this. And you think that you, these things aren't, aren't, uh, aren't random. And he would, have he would have turned down the money if there was any shiloh of it. So this idea that we're always happy to take money from anybody, we'll take the money. We'll... No, there's such a thing as being careful not only to who you give money, we like to be very careful to who we give. Somebody comes around collecting, are we sure he's sincere? Are we sure he's real? Are we sure this? Are we sure that? What do we know about him? Very careful about who we give money to. But when it comes to receiving donations, no questions asked. And we see from this Gemara and from the Mishnah and from these stories that I've told you how careful it is because this money goes into the... We're not just talking about maintenance money. We're talking about money that goes into the structure and it's there forever. It's always there. That's the time of the muddle. That's why Hashem was so angry about the Geneva that took place because when there's, when there's stolen property, it's in all the... The, the Chazal tell us it's in the beams of the buildings. It's in the bricks. It's in the stone. You can't get rid of it. You can't, it doesn't come out. So when there's money that isn't pure that's built into our institutions. Those institutions can't be pure. It's not possible. So yes, we've got the technical halakas. We don't have time to go into all what these halakas in, but I bring you these examples based on these gemorahs that many of the gedolias were particularly careful when it came to donating to something that is substantial, to something that, that is going to last, that there should be a tahara, that there should be a purity of money. Money also has to be pure. And especially money which is used for Kedusha. If the money itself has tumor attached to it, that tumor attaches to the whole thing that one is building. And one has to be careful with that as well. What a beautiful sugi of Gemara this is. I'm sorry that we can't spend more time in it, but you're free to take the Makuras and go into it with a lot more. Gentlemen, please join us every morning at 6.30.